So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 102 for, what date is it, uh, May 7th, 2017? We missed last week. Nobody was going to show up and I didn't want two weeks of the Reading Solo Podcast. So now we have uh, we have with us somebody, someone. We, have, we just grabbed him off the street and put him into a recording booth. This is Andrew Roa McFain. Where's that cheeseburger? Yeah, that. Um, and Promise have, me a cheeseburger if I did that. You just ate a whole bucket of fries. <laughs> you said uh, you pulled me off the street. I was thinking to be a homeless person. I know, I know. And uh-huh. we have uh, myself, Nathan Reeton Spruth. Now, uh, I have some I mean, some exciting news before before we go on to what games we've been playing. Uh, I got a new job. Well, I got oh, offered yeah. a new job. And it will be a yeah, thirty. Uh huh. I'm sorry. What was that? You're gonna take it. Yeah, yeah. It's a thirty-five percent increase to my wages. So it's one of those things where I have, I, I can't say no, and I will be working. I, I can share little details of it. I actually had to sign an NDA when I went there, so I can't give any of the information about anything I saw or anything like that. Because uh, I don't want to get fired from the job before I even go work there. And so it will be at the Bend Studio of SCEA. Uh, so Sony, the the guys, the development team that is working on Days Gone. Oh, oh, that's what you meant. What What did you think I meant? Whenever you said, like, I don't know, it for some reason... I thought that you were meaning that you some that you were just t- saying that, like you interviewed the guy. I didn't realize you meant that during your job interview you talked to the guy developing the game. Yeah, he interviewed me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It was what? uh. So I can tell you a little bits in de- of detail. I I can tell you like how the interview went. Um, obviously I can't say any of the uh, confidential stuff when I was peeking around on computers and everything, but. Basically, uh, I went into the interview. I inter- I got interviewed by two uh, of the system admins, the the main system admin, and then the the local system admin. And then after that part of the interview, they had me go meet the lead developer of Days Gone. And I walked into his office, and I saw a Bubsy 3D cardboard cutout. And I was like, why do you have a Bubsy 3D cardboard cutout? And he's like, oh, that's a, you know, a game that I developed or that we developed here. And I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, do you not like Bubsy 3D? I was like, it was, it was a great game. It was good. It's good. He's like, no, it, it's fine. It's fine. And we were talking about that a little bit. And he's like, you know, you know, for the time when Bubsy 3D was released, which, Give him credit. He he was one hundred percent correct. For the time, it didn't look like a bad. Like the graphics were pretty good. Uh, this was nineteen ninety six on the PlayStation. Uh, the graphics were pretty good. The draw distance apparently was uh, some of the highest draw distance of any game that released on the PlayStation at that time for a three D platformer. And so he's um, telling me all this, 
And he's like, like, you know, say that Crash Bandicoot well, came out in nineteen ninety six. So, so, so here's here's what he said. He's like, yeah. So you know, this even people from Naughty Dog had come there, and they're like, how are you doing this with the draw distance and stuff? And then so Bubsy's three D well, launched. Look like shit. <laughs> and then the game launched, and the, he's like, yeah. And then like a month later, Crash Bandicoot released. <laughs> <laughs> so he he knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good the good thing is that. Apparently, Bubsy 3D being released really helped because that landed them to gig to get a uh, siphon filter made. Yeah, that's and true. and they made all the siphon filter games, and then they've also they were the development team that worked on the Uncharted games for the Vita. Oh, yeah. So uh, then there there are a couple of they worked on Resistance, I think, as well. One of the Resistance games. So. They're not. Oh, uh, probably the probably the Vita Resistance game. Probably, I would imagine so. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna start working there on the 22nd, unless something else happens between now and then. Like they that's really, listen to this podcast. That's really cool. <laughs> so I did not. I didn't even know that SCEA had an office in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I've known about it for a long time, but it was one of those things where I was like, I'll never be able to get a job there. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how I, I I I thought I put my foot in my mouth a few times, and I thought the interview went poor, but then I got a call up, and they're like, Yeah, they're interested in hiring you. I was like, Me, really? Like there were I was the best applicant, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So now I am. I'm going to be transitioning over to there. I have to talk to my uh, current employer and and put in my two week notice tomorrow. So, and be like, yeah, I'm going to go work at uh, a company that makes stuff I care about. So I actually know about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, you know, I, I I let's be fair. I do love my job. Uh, my current job is is great because. You know, barring the fact that ninety percent of it is me kind of just wandering around. Not knowing what to do. Uh, I the people I really like them, even though a lot of them their political views are wrong. And uh, my boss is the best boss I could ask for. Um, it, just to note, like I, you know, I got hit by a semi a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my I had carpool buddies were with me too, and. The imp- their boss was mad that they didn't come to work afterwards. What? Yeah, she's like, "Well, they were fine. They should have just came in." And their, their car got hit by a semi. I know my car did. Um, and so they were like, or you know, she said that, and my boss was like, "Yeah, take as much time off as you need." And I was like, "Okay." So my boss is probably the best boss. He he gave me a washer and dryer. So he's awesome. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh he had to he got a new washer and dryer and he was like, ah, I don't really want to sell them, so he just gave them to me. Huh. So anyway, um what games have you been playing this week? I saw you last night. I watched you. Oh. Did you? I did. I did. Well, I didn't see you. <laughs> uh yeah, I uh I got a PSVR finally. So 
that's kind of well, question I, question why not a vive or an oculus um because whenever you consider do i want to pay five hundred dollars or twelve hundred dollars i think the choice is clear twelve hundred mm, yeah probably i mean if you had the money the the well, oculus okay yeah if i had the money sure yeah i would have i would have Definitely gone and boughten. Boughten? Boughten. boughten. I hate it when <laughs> tooken. Tooken is not a word. Yeah. And when people I say bought, it. I would have bought a, a 1080 and a Vive. Right. If I had, you know, $1,200 to blow on that. But I don't. Oh, oh yeah, because you only have a 780 right now, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, did okay. the, I did the VR stress test. And it was like, yeah, no. See, I think I'm pretty sure my computer would be like, yeah, you can do it. It would. Yeah. Because it's legitimately just you you just need like I could I could probably get away with a 1060 even because like they did something with the 10 series that just makes all those GPUs work really well with VR. They just work really well in general. You could also well, theoretic, theoretically. You- let, let's go back here. Theoretically, you could also get one of the two hundred dollar um, AMD uh, R line. Yeah, if I'm retarded. I, yes, you are, but uh, that would make it ch- significantly more cheap. It would, but at that point, like, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's like going. I don't know. It's like getting an AMD CPU. <laughs> it's like it'll well, work. Yeah, but why bother? To be fair, to be fair, the Ryzen chips are supposed to be pretty good. They are, they are supposedly like pretty com- competitive with the i5 uh line, yeah. but they still can't beat i7s and really um unless like all you do is game or you're just a generic consumer. Why would you not get an i7? Exactly. I mean, that's the problem. Did you see they have a 30% loss in their um, stocks? AMD? Yeah, like they, they had, they lost quite a bit. They went from like $13 to 10 Whew. Yeah. Um, but I mean, still, when I was looking at them, they were one point. What? One one dollar and eighty eight cents. So I was, I'm still mad I don't have stock in there. Yeah, you know what? I bet part of that is though is uh, Intel's new, um, whatever the hell is uh, op optum optane op, uh, the optane the, the isn't that the new the new stupid like you have you have a mechanical hard drive and you buy this thing that's like 50 bucks and it's like 16 gigs of storage so it basically turns your your computer into a hybrid drive yeah it that's exactly what it does um and the thing the funny thing is i recorded a video uh talking about it and why it's stupid and then my phone overheated while i was recording it and i lost the whole thing i see uh, i was pretty pissed off about that i bet i bet what you have a Pixel, don't you? Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, it, um, I actually contacted support, like Pixels, or, well, you know, Google's support yeah, yeah. team about it, and they um, 
they didn't answer my question at all. Oh, good. They, so I was, because uh, the thing is, I'm not surprised it overheated, really. Right. Because it it was it was in my car. It was do- It was like in my dash dock thing. Um, it was working as a GPS at the same time I was recording the video and like recording video is pretty hard on phones anyway. Yeah. So I I wasn't surprised that it overheated. What surprised me was that nothing came up that said, Hey, I'm overheating. You should probably stop. There's no notification saying that the phone's overheating and every other phone I've ever used that does overheat. Like an iPhone. Yeah. Like an iPhone. Um, or, uh, Katie's phone. Uh, we went to the zoo one time and we were playing Pokemon go and her phone was like, Hey, I'm overheating. I'm going to turn off now. (laughs) And I didn't get, I didn't get that. But the weird thing was that other people do get that notification. Oh, I've, I've only read it happening whenever they're using uh daydream VR. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, after about 20 minutes of use, people are reporting that they get a notification saying, Hey, this app is making your phone overheat. Please kill it because otherwise I'm going to have to turn it off. And I was like, why am I not getting that? Why am I not getting anything saying, Hey, your phone's overheating. Turn it off. Do you or, have or the daydream? What you're doing. I don't have the headset. No. Um, well, if I visit in November, <laughs> um, you can have mine. Because <laughs> I don't have a pixel anymore. Oh yeah, you don't. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so so I I like AMD. I like that there's competition, and I actually kind of like that they're coming out with Ryzen, and they're still working on their Zen processor, aren't they? Or is that part of Ryzen? I thought Ryzen. that was part of Ryzen. Okay, okay. I, I thought that was like the Ryzen arc- was them like fixing everything and like it it, it Ryzen superior to the Zen yeah yeah I, th- I think that Zen is the architecture that could be it. that is making up Ryzen I don't know but so they have that coming out which has forced Intel to move up production times so it's it's kind of forcing competition which is good so that Intel is now making like releasing chips sooner, hopefully still with the bug testing, <laughs> and uh, and it's going to make it so that hopefully prices don't go up too high, which is which is really yeah. good because it, there for what the last at least six years after the i series came out, like you could not ask for more basically a monopoly. Because AMD has, oh, it's like, AMD, you have shitty, shitty processors, and Intel just trounces you every time they release something new. Yep. So now they actually have a somewhat competitive processor line, which is hopefully going to bring prices down a little bit. The invisible hand of the market (laughs) will regulate the prices. And And they're not doing so bad on the GPU side. Like, they still have their fans that love amd for everything that they do they have apple working with them on a lot of stuff because their OpenCL support is unbeatable yeah like they 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 do still 
have a market out there. So, I mean, I, I and I like them for not because they don't really do what both NVIDIA and Intel do, which is look at this proprietary thing. Look at this other proprietary thing that isn't compatible with anything other than our products. Whereas AMD is like, yeah, we like the idea of Vulkan and we like the idea of this other open API and like that they don't have, they don't have CUDA, like their own version of CUDA, for example, they, they just have really good open CL support on their GPUs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like Vulkan too, mainly because it seems like it's the performance is amazing. Yeah. And they, um, they supported, uh, uh, free sync instead of G sync. Um, yeah, because you know, the I- Nvidia had G sync, which is supposed to fix you know everything that's wrong with V sync. And then AMD was like, well, let's have an open standard that anybody can use, and it's free sync, and you don't have to license it, it's just a thing. And you know, it, it's it's like AMD is objectively the the better company but they just have objectively inferior products in almost every case. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem, but oh well. That's, that's the open source market, I guess. So, going from there, we haven't actually discussed any of the games you played. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> played PSVR. Um, Speak a little bit louder. Played, it, played PSVR. I, I was concerned because, like, I realized that my gain is like halfway up, but I didn't want to adjust it, so I'm trying not to talk too loud. No, no, it's fine. Um, I can adjust it on my side. So, um, I played PSVR a lot last night for about three, four hours, and it's weird to say that that's a lot, but from what I was reading, the typical uh, session length like rarely goes over an hour and is usually closer to like half an hour. Wow. Um, so, and I think that's, that's supposed to be because people get fatigue after some length of time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really feel that. Um, I, I, I didn't feel like it like taxed my eyes more than anything. It, I don't know, but the problem I ran into was that, uh, the two games that I purchased, which were uh, PlayStation VR Worlds and I Expect You to Die, were um, both, like, really short. They were. They and were, I watched. Yeah. In the case of PlayStation VR Worlds, that fucking piece of shit was $40 and had an hour and a half of content. Yeah, yeah. It's And, and then the other game was... was- the other game was the other twenty five. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I said uh, as the credits were rolling in that that eh, it, it didn't really feel completely worth the money, but at the same time, I do understand that making a VR game costs more in terms of of development. Um, so I can kind of accept it. I still would have preferred it to be maybe closer to 20 or even 15. Um, but there is some degree of replayability in like finding the secret stuff. Cause there are just like little secret humorous interactions that you can do in each level. But uh, I would appreciate if they had some kind of like free content update or something for that. But with PSVR worlds, that 
that should have been a bundled demo disc. It should have with been. Every it was kind of like uh, one two switch should have been with the Nintendo Switch when it released. And it's kind of funny you say that because uh, I, being a depressing, like just disgusting person, I, I uh, decided to try one two switch by myself. Why? Just by your how? I, how? I just wanted to see what the what the HD rumble was like. That was my big like curiosity with it. It is pretty neat. But in the process of that, you have to play the first like six mini games or whatever before you can play the rest of them. And and the and the mini games that starts you out with don't use the HD rumble in any real way. Yeah. Um. So I was forced to be exposed to those and like. Well, no, it shouldn't be sixty fucking dollars. I could definitely see it being like, like maybe twenty-five or even thirty. Um, I, I like. I think I felt like that was it's competently made, and the difference between the two is that there is legitimately like infinite replayability through the local competitive component in One Two Switch. Like it's it's a party game through and through, so you know you, you can get your money's worth out of it if you play it enough. I don't think you ever would for sixty dollars, but still, it's possible. You will never play PlayStation VR Worlds more than once. You might show it off to somebody who's never played VR before, and and th- that's something I guess. But realistically, for forty dollars, like. No, you could get two actual VR games that would have more engaging content in them for for less than that, even. So I'm wondering, it, it, can you plug in your PlayStation VR into your computer at all? You can, but it doesn't really do anything. Well, I didn't know if like somebody had made like support to make it act like the, an Oculus or something. There are two. There are two things you can do with it. You can either use it to mirror your computer to the screen, so basically it just kind of becomes a, a theater on your face, which I guess has some value. Right. Um, the only other thing you can really do with it is it has really rudimentary VR capability through some third-party software that. It can't actually track the headset in any way other than using the accelerometer. So it basically just knows like what direction you're looking in. Right. And only very, very base on a very basic level. So it, it doesn't really do anything. I, I was kind of hoping for that myself that maybe somebody would ha- have some third-party solution that would let me use it as a, as a real VR headset on PC, but nope, just going to have to wait. But it's fine, because one of my major justifications for the PSVR and the reason that like I would still get it even if I could afford a real like good VR headset is that there are going to be games that come out on PS4 that are not going to come out on PC, uh, specifically Weeaboo games. Oh so, goodness, I'm uh, I'm I'm still gonna look forward to those. So, are you done with all the games you played? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. 
I didn't really play a whole lot else this week. Yeah. Uh, well, that I mean the Escape the Room game looks, or uh, we think you're gonna die or whatever. Yeah. That game looks like it's something you can show off to your friends. Yeah. Pretty and, easily. And the the whole Escape the Room genre, I think, is going to have a real comeback with VR. It really already is. And I I like that because I used to spend hours playing Escape the Room games back in the in the Newgrounds days. So right. I am one hundred percent okay with that. So let's continue on, and we'll talk about what games I played. I played a little bit of Blue Dragon, which is, if you recall, it's a, a Xbox three sixty game that was released by Mistwalker, the same guys who made. Lost Odyssey. And then I played uh, Final Fantasy 3, which was never released in the United States in its original form. Oh, it's the it's the actual Final Fantasy 3. Well, I, I played a little bit of that, and I was like, wow, this kind of sucks. <laughs> like, it, the, the everything's a little... Because, like it or hate it, like, modernization of games and making everything kind of streamlined is good and bad because it leaves less... It gives you less uh, people trying to be creative with the games. It's all about uh, quality of life. Yeah, but yeah, quality of life. So even so, you have jobs in the game, just like any other Final Fantasy game. And with this game, it was one of the first ones where you could actually change your jobs around and be like, oh, I want you to be this... Because you pick what you are at the beginning and you get more jobs later on that you can switch uh, into. FYI, my food just delivered, so I'm gonna go get it. So I'll explain this, and uh, yeah. you go do that. So with the game, you can do that. You can basically go and change the jobs, but unfortunately, it it requires you to have completely unequipped items in order to do that. So you have to go into your inventory. Or your equipment and unequip all the items, then go back in and change the job and then equip new items after that. With Final Fantasy III, the remake, they at least make it so that you can change your job without unequipping the items, but then you do have to go and equip new items on your characters. Also, the remake's a little bit nicer because you have a run button. It has a little bit more of a, a streamlined storyline. In the original, you basically, you just name your four orphans. Uh, they get dropped off in an area, and you just go from there. With Final Fantasy III, you have the first one you meet up with, and he gets dropped off, uh, Lucius or whatever, or Lucille, or I forget his name. And you go... Go through an area, you meet up with the other three orphans relatively quickly. And then the game progresses from there. So it makes the story a little bit more streamlined and modern. The graphics are obviously updated from the regular Nintendo to the the what it was it was originally launched on the DS, and then they ported ported it over to the computer and mobile devices, I believe. So I have it on the computer. And I've been playing the remake. I played the original the original fan translation for a little while. I was like, eh, I don't care. And then I went and decided to play the remake because I forgot that I had it on my computer. 
And so I continued playing on with that one. And Aroa's gone. So I've also been testing out something on my stream. So Beam is great. Beam has what's called FTL. It's the encoder that they use, which gives you a near zero delay stream. So obviously you're never going to get a perfectly zero delay. There's always going to be a little bit. But the delay is so negligible that you can at least have interaction with your audience members, which is something that I really like. However, no Restream service has FTL support. So there's Restream.io, and if you if you decide to stream multiple areas, it's really rough on your computer and internet connection. So there's a new Restream service. It still doesn't support FTL. It's called ExoBeam or something like that, ExoStream. And what it allows you to do is you cast your stream with FTL to Beam, and then you put your streaming codes into Twitch for Twitch and YouTube into the ExoStream, and it will then take your FTL stream from Beam and stream it to those other two services, Twitch and YouTube. So it makes it really, really nice because you still get the benefits of the FTL stream to Beam with the the audience members that you might have on the other two areas, so YouTube and Twitch, which obviously Twitch has the most amount of people in, you know, that will basically you have the biggest market. The, the most amount of people are going to be coming into it. But with with Beam, I just, I love their layout. I love the the zero delay that they have. So it's pretty great. Did I hear Aroa come back? Yes. No. Okay. There you are. Hi, Aroa. Hey. You're the worst. So you ended uh, up... You're the worst guest member. I know. Um, how did you end up on Beam? So I was talking about the games I was playing, and uh, I was talking about ExoStream. Oh yeah, that thing. And uh, it works really well. So you can stream to now uh, YouTube and Twitch with it. Yeah. I'm. So. Uh, I'm probably going to jump on that i now that i have like a portable streaming setup right right port portable what do you mean portable um so i'm using katie's old laptop and i got a live gamer extreme oh okay card, so. okay uh, i got a live gamer extreme too it works pretty well it has some weird things going on that I can't tell what the real problem is. It's like the, the video gets stuttery once in a while. Oh, it might just be your computer because I've never had that issue. It's, that's the thing. It happens on the TV. Oh. Odd. Yeah. So, so. The, so when, when you, because you do the, the export to your TV. Well, yeah, it, um, yeah, I'm doing the, the, you know, I think we got somebody else's. HDMI pass through. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that. I do the uh I just play it on my computer and it sounds like you got somebody else's packages. Yep. Good. Good. <laughs> anyway. Um let's continue on. We'll talk about some of the stories. Speaking of Twitch, Twitch has launched their new affiliates program, a way for smaller channels to make money. And this is why going along with what you were saying a minute ago, we're like you said that Twitch has a bigger audience. This is another reason why I, there's no way I could just abandon Twitch. 
Yeah, um, there's still, there is still, like, a little bit of guidelines. You at least have to have some people in there. Yeah, it's uh, basically, you have to not just be streaming to nobody. Yeah, so we're fucked, basically, is what they're saying. <laughs> hey, I had, what What was it, like, four viewers yesterday? Five, you had five at one point. Five. But that's only because you were playing VR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Twitch has revealed the affiliates program. Uh, it's a Twitch partnered streamer gets access, access to tools, emotes, and other benefits. This is the partnered people, not the affiliates. The biggest advantage of being a partner is the revenue share that you get from ads, cheering, and subscriptions. Basically up until now you had to do that and there to be a partner. It's ridiculous. You need like 30,000 followers and then you have to have like three to 600 people or a thousand people in at one time it's it's crazy and you you eat with both of them you have to have an actual like schedule right right to well you have to stream three times a week i think yeah but it doesn't have to be a schedule you just have to stream at least three times a week for like two hours a day I so thought, I, I thought with partners it was that they wanted like an actual schedule but maybe i'm wrong i don't think so i don't think so so anyway uh Basically, there's a list here, and it gives you a bunch of different options. Uh, basically, the payment options are with Twitch Affiliate. You do get payment options. Um, you do have the. You will eventually have the ability to get subscriptions, you, uh, game sales, and put ads on your channel. But you don't. They don't have that ability yet. Then with the payment terms, uh, payout time frame is a little different. So for a partner, it's 45 days. For an affiliate, it's 60 days. And there's not much else. I mean, you, you, get a, you don't get a verified badge. You don't get a verified uh, icon. But yeah, I mean, it's a little bit better. I, I think, the, I think I, the big deal is attracting new talent to the platform. It's, and maybe drawing people from, say, YouTube or whatever. See, and, and that that makes sense. And I, part of it for me, is that becoming a partner. It, it used to be not that bad. Same thing. Beam is raising up their partner status. Like you have to. Ha it's going to raise it up to the bar a little bit, which makes a little bit of sense, but it gets to a point like when Twitch first started, the, the requirements for being a partner were pretty low and now they're ridiculous. And how are you going to, if you have people, well, yeah, and who that's, log, that's the point of this. Yeah. Yeah. People will log in and they'll only want to watch one game. So there's, there's a certain group of people who only log into Twitch to watch League of Legends. And that's it. They'll, that's, they'll only watch League of Legends. And if you're not one of the people who has, you know, let's say 100,000 subscribers or whatever, or followers, they're not going to watch you. Because everyone else, because there's a bunch of other people playing League of Legends. So making, get it, it's, it's weird to me, just how difficult it is to get new people it's it, because the market is so flooded uh, how many people log in just to watch league of legends or just to watch dota and so attracting new people is really really difficult to get into your stream 
So I like this idea because, like me and you, uh, we have a very, very small group of people, but they're pretty dedicated. Like, we have a, a quite a few people, the same people keep coming into our chats. So it makes this Twitch affiliate thing sound a lot more appealing to us because we'll be able to get a little bit of revenue. And then hopefully with that little bit of revenue, we can then grow and maybe become one of the bigger streams. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea is just to it, whenever you put in a tiered setup like this, it makes it more, more likely for somebody to go, you know what, maybe I can do this. Yeah. You know, so whereas with, with something like where it, where it had before, it, it just seemed like too much and it's way too easy to just give up immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't given up, but I definitely want to focus more on beam than I do Twitch. But on the other hand, I have way more followers on Twitch. So, you know, I have about 10 times the followers on Twitch that or more than that, almost 20 times the followers I have on Twitch than I do on, on beam. And, uh, I can't get viewers either on either place. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you gonna are you gonna try for this? Are you gonna try to be a Twitch affiliate? I mean, if if I stream more regularly, I don't see why not. Good. Like why wouldn't you? It's yeah. free money. <laughs> right, exactly. It's the same exactly. reason I'm a YouTube partner. Like Yeah. Um anyway, let's let's move on to the next story. The next story is it's one I wanted to talk about last week. Uh, a lot of these stories I was gonna talk about last week, but unfortunately things happened, people weren't able to show up. Have you heard of Key Me? I have not heard of this specific thing, or at least I don't recognize it, but I have seen what this is talking about. So uh, I'll go through it a little bit. So Key Me is like Redbox for keys. It's yeah, really they, they have these kind of kiosks at uh, like Walmart. They're they're not actual Key Me, but right, right. They have they have one in Corvallis, Oregon. There's only one in Oregon. And what it is, is you basically set up an account and you go to these little kiosks and you have them scan your keys and you can have them scan even your key fobs. So if you have a, a Prius like I do, where it requires a key fob to get in, they can scan your key fob. And hmm. basically, let's say you lose your keys, you can either call a locksmith or if, like, say with the Prius, I would have to go to my dealership and get a new key made. Or you could go to this Key Me kiosk. You have all your information in there already. You pay a few dollars and you have them make you a new, let's say if you lose like a house key, it's like four bucks to get a new house key. If you lose your, uh, if you lose a key fob, I think it's like 70 or 80 bucks. So that's, I mean, still a lot of money. But if it's the only way you're going to be getting a new key, that makes sense. Also, the dealership's going to charge you more probably. So yeah. I, I really like the idea of this. But I also. Yeah, I didn't realize that it, it saved your. Like the point was that if you lose your key, then you have it saved somewhere. That is really neat. Yeah, I like it. And I also fear it. Yeah, <laughs> because if let's say even a million people decide, OK, I'm going to I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to put my information in there. And then they have like unless they don't 
save your information. So let's say you sign up for the account, but it doesn't say, like you just create like a username and PIN, but it doesn't save your credit card information. It doesn't save debit card or anything like that. That would be good, but most likely they're going to save all that information. So if somebody hacks it and they're able to get I'm not worried about payment information. I'm concerned with the idea that you're you're putting your physical like house key in the cloud. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm I'm getting to. So if they have your payment information, most likely they have your address. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they'll have your address so that they'll be like, oh, here's their house key. Here's (laughs) where their house is. Great. (laughs) Thank you, Kimi. And so it seems like it could be a really bad thing and they're going to have to play it really, really safe. I would say um, payment information is going to have to be not saved on there. Um, and if it is, it, so it needs it says, to be heavily encrypted. It says it provides a so-called closed-loop security trail with its technology, where it keeps a detailed transaction history for every key that's made, along with a financial paper trail. Oh, good. What, what that <laughs> says to me, though, is that they, they don't do anything special at all. Right, <laughs> like, right. What company doesn't keep a transaction history? That's... <laughs> This doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It, uses, yeah. it says it uses fingerprint encryption, which isn't a real thing. It's not It's not a thing. It's not real. Well, it probably would just be like you create an account and then you put your fingerprint. Yeah, yeah. To, like to they secure just, it. just touch you to authenticate your account whenever you log in. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But so. what if you get your fingers chopped off? And... Oh. And then you, you can't still... use your phone. Yeah, exactly. Well, you you couldn't use a key. Sure, you could. What if it's only you use your right thumb to do it, and then you have your no, right thumb? Your fingers are chopped off. That's what you, you... I, I was speaking. I was meaning only one hand. Oh, okay. yeah, not all of your fingers. Well, why wouldn't you? You don't. Oh well, you don't have a. a phone with a fingerprint scanner anymore i don't think uh, but but i mean i have one finger on each hand with a uh, with i had the, like three fingers on each hand just in case uh, <laughs> just just in case you lose one well so i work at a manufacturing facility there's the possibility <laughs> you don't work like on the line though i think no. it's pretty unlikely for a computer to chop your finger off you're right, but still. <laughs> so, I like so I like this idea, but they're gonna have to be really, really, really strict with their security. And I don't. It doesn't look like they're doing that. Probably not. Uh, so, if you get one of these in your area, are you gonna sign up for it? No. Oh come on! You gotta try it. No, I, I. You know, if if I was really that concerned about losing all of my keys, all I would do is take a picture of it and just keep the picture of it at, with like a like a coin next to it or something. Because you can make you can make a false key out of that. Yeah, you could. Or I would just pick the lock to my house because I've done that once. Have you? I, I would I'm to hey, be fair I did next it once. 
Next time I go to Corvallis, I will probably, I'll probably use, I'll probably sign up for it and regret it later. I, I just want to test it out and it will only cost a few dollars. Um, you know what you can do? Uh, well, no, like I said, if it saves your address information, then no, you couldn't. Yeah. But it, it might not, though, now I think about it, because, like, there are a lot of things that just have your credit card info and not, like, your address or anything else. Nothing to actually verify you. That's true. And and I'm hope I'm going to imagine that they have some encryption on... Well, of course they have something going on. Yeah. But- that, and so hopefully hopefully the credit card information is encrypted and won't be able to get back to you but or, or well, that's, if, that's or, why you use something like um this app that I have that generates fake credit card numbers that are like they're legit credit card numbers but they're not yours and then so like you use a different one for each service that you sign up with so then if one of them gets compromised it's only that fake card oh that's you just neat. turn the card off that's neat or, or I was thinking you could use, uh, if it, they use let you use PayPal. Yeah, using PayPal, or um, I mean even uh, Android Pay. Yeah, uh, I think it's starting to be used in apps, and Apple Pay already is. Hey, 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 hey! Gets who can't use Apple or Android Pay anymore? Well, I can't use Android Pay. I don't have NFC on my phone. Um. Well. You can't use it to like pay for things in stores, but Android Pay is like you, you can use it online too. Oh, okay, okay. It's just tied to your Google account. Yeah. Payment transaction services are the new hot fad in the tech world. Right. It's nice because it encrypts every single one with a different key. Anyway. Yep. Let's 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 scooch on slowly and talk about Ubisoft, our favorite company, right? Right? Uh, right. I mean, they're not the worst. So Ubisoft, <laughs> we, we've spoke about it before, so we're just giving an update. You know how Vivendi's basically trying a hostile takeover? Yep. Well, they're continuing on with a hostile takeover. Oh, reports, reports are indicating that Vivendi is wanting a majority takeover of Ubisoft by the end of the year. According I, to a new report from Reuters, Vivendi is looking to Reuters. accelerate Reuters, whatever, uh, it's expansion into both Ubisoft and advancing advertising group Havas. This is because Vivendi chairman Vincent Bolor has been under scrutiny from shareholders lately due to mixed performance and declining stock prices. So basically, by the end of the year, Vivendi is hoping to have 100, well, more than 50% control of Ubisoft. I don't know why Vivendi wants Ubisoft so badly, other than they already own so much of it. Because, like, Ubisoft, while they're still a prominent game developer, even, as you just said, they're, they've been declining in recent years. They still haven't come out with, like, some grand no, new no, franchise. No, 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 no. This is Vivendi. Oh, Vivendi. Well, yeah, Vivendi's crap. Okay, yeah, well, Vivendi's Ubisoft stock is itself, going down. Ubisoft itself has been declining in recent years. Yeah. Um, both in terms of like sales and quality of, of product. Because uh, the last like big franchise launch they tried to do was The Division, wasn't it? Like, have they... 
uh, Wildlands. Well, well, Wildlands wasn't any franchise. That was part yeah. of the Tom Clancy thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that they, they still keep piggybacking off of the same supposedly tried and true, you know, uh, uh, yeah, like products. Assassin's they, well, Creed and, and Ghost Recon, yeah. Rainbow Six. And they, even even Ubisoft was self-aware enough to realize that Assassin's Creed needed to stop at least for a little while. Yeah, it'll come back in a year or two. Oh, it will, definitely. Yeah. But, like, I don't know why. Why, if Vivendi is wanting a game company that will make them a lot of money very quickly, would they not just go to China? Because there are plenty of little like free to play outfits that are hugely profitable and have very low operating costs because their games can be maintained by like six people. Why wouldn't they just go there? I, I don't understand that, but I am unsure. I don't know the answer. I'm, I don't work at Vivendi. So I don't think I would work at Vivendi. I mean, yeah, no, they're, they're pretty, Typically considered to be evil. Company. To be fair, if they offered me a really good amount, I probably would. You I'd leave SCEA for them. Um, I mean, if they offered me like fifty percent more than what SCEA is offering me, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> I'm, I am, I'm. Damn it! Is it about I'm greedy. integrity? Why does no. it have to be money? I what? Who hasn't? No, I'm at Reaton <laughs> Entertainment here. Okay. We we don't make money. I need to uh, pay bills, and so I will do that. Anyway, Ubisoft has Ubisoft Ubisoft has declined to comment. But yeah, I, I know that they were talking about it, and they're like, "Please don't let them buy us." Which yeah. see, this is a problem with be- becoming a one hundred percent public company. Is that people will just buy you? Yeah. So tell you what to do. So like, uh, WWE. They ended. Up, they're they're a public publicly traded company. But wow. but Mc, the McMahon's own most of it. So the amount of stock that you can actually buy equal like if you bought up all the stock for WWE that you could, I think it equals to like ten or twenty percent. Right. Because the McMahons own the majority of the stock at least 51% because they're not idiots. And so I don't know why Ubisoft decided, okay, we're going to become publicly traded, but we're going to, we're going to have more than 51% of the stocks outside of the lead group of people. It just doesn't make sense to me that they that they wouldn't do that. You mean? Yeah, that yeah that they wouldn't do that. That that like uh, I can tell you probably why that happened though. Why? Probably because Ubisoft hit a financial rut and went, well, we got to make money somewhere. Let's sell off chunks of the company to people who will buy it. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's probably exactly how they ended up where they are. Is is Vivendi went? We'll pay you good money. And then they landed on um. What did they land on? Assassin's Creed. And that made mm-hmm. them quite a bit of money. Assassin's Creed and Rayman doesn't really make them much money. Actually, I don't a lot of their games don't really aren't super profitable. Assassin's Creed is cuz they use the same engine. 
over and over and over and over and over again, and they release oh, the game with, every year. With Rayman, they use the like Ubisoft game framework or whatever that they developed for all that. Right. Well, I'm hoping that Vivendi doesn't take over Ubisoft because while Ubisoft is not one of my favorite developers, uh, Vivendi has notoriously been bad with video game companies. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So they owned Activision. Did they own anything else? Blizzard. They they own Blizzard, didn't they? Uh, or did Activision buy Blizzard after? I think that was after. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It uh, kind of sucked. No, 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 no. Because I remember Vivendi was still owned them when when World of Warcraft was out. And they, they split from Vivendi in 2013. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, so, owned, they owned Activision Blizzard for some time. Yeah, so a- did Activision and Blizzard join, like, Merge, and then Vivendi bought them, or? Uh, I'm assuming Vivendi owned both of them. Activision, and then they merged with Blizzard, and so Vivendi owned both of them at that point. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, what do you think about this? Do you think that it would be a very bad thing? A very, 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 very bad thing? Um, I I would be surprised if it made a whole lot of difference, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, it's really sad to say that, but, like, the the people running Ubisoft right now are afraid that it would compromise their creative integrity or whatever. But to be honest, what have they really done? <laughs> yeah. Like Watch Dogs 2. That's pretty much. I heard like, Watch Dogs, Watch 2, Dogs was 2 was better. And, yeah, Watch Dogs 2 and like Siege, I think, are, are like the only two major, like, wow, this game is fantastic, kind of. Well, if they could make it so that uh, Siege did not run at 100% uh, CPU on, <laughs> on in pretty much any machine. I would uh, I go Vivendi, go take them over, <laughs> make the game run like not crap. Though that is one of my highest viewed uh, YouTube videos is how to fix that that siege CPU issue. Yeah, so that's good. Anyway, let's move on to another terrible thing that's happening. Uh, oh yeah, we weren't supposed to talk about politics this week. Damn it! Too bad. F uh, what the FCC FTC. Mm-hmm. The chairman of the FTC, Ajit Pai, outlined a new plan to loosen the FCC's oversight of internet service providers. Basically, long article, uh, right now, as of, what was it, last year or the year before, that they came out with net neutrality? Uh, I think that was... I want to say last year. year before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it was like like they they were building on it for for years, right? And it and was s- probably last year where they like tried to put like cement in the idea that we're we're giving net neutrality. Yeah, and and net neutrality is what it should be. So wait, basically, um, it labeled internet service providers as a Title II something something something, which made it so that internet needs to be treated as like a utility instead of a nicety basically and 
it was basically it's trying to say like with a phone company. So if you have a cell phone, it's treated under Title II. And if I call you and you're on Verizon and I'm on a GSM network, um, the companies are regulated such that we have to have the same experience. Like they can't, you can't limit phone calls and say, oh, you can only call Verizon customer 20 times a month. So you can't put stupid regulations on stuff like that. Or um, say, oh, we're going to make it so that the the your speed of like connecting is slower or anything like that with a cell phone company. And so that's what they're trying to do with the internet, with net neutrality. Because there for a while, Netflix was getting slowed down by Verizon until Verizon was paid money like hundreds of millions of dollars from Netflix so that then the speed wouldn't be slowed down for the Verizon customers. So it, it was the it was basically creating a fast lane for certain websites so that they would load faster and then other websites would load slower. It, it's basically the idea that you can't you can't pick and choose how you do your internet business. It's, exactly. You, if you're going to run an internet business, you're going to treat everybody equally. Exactly. And so as of, I believe, last year, maybe the year before, the very end of the year before, um, they're like, no, you can't do this. We're going to treat it as a, ch- a chapter two or title two. So... You know, screw you guys trying to basically take the internet and screw it up, basically, and and have fast lanes for certain websites. Um, completely block other websites just because, well, we want to. And they ended up, you know, they're still, like, throttling and stuff after you get to a certain... They're still bandwidth caps and stuff. But... Verizon was very against net neutrality, even though net neutrality was good. It's just because obviously they want to control their market. And all their companies, same thing, AT&T, you know, stuff like that. Anyone who had certain companies who had internet service and are douchebags, basically, which AT&T and Verizon are douchebags. Well, of course, because of this current administration, they want you to... They don't want to have that, and their 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 reasoning for it is really stupid. It's because they're trying to say it creates a less competitive marketplace and will thro- like will hurt businesses trying to expand. So it's funny because in the cable and, and really ISP marketplace. There is already plenty of documented situations where Time Warner Cable or, or Comcast or whatever will uh, work with another cable company and go, here's our territory, there's your territory, here's what our prices are, have your prices be pretty close to these prices, and let's all just make a ton of money by fucking over consumers. How, how does that work? And everybody yeah. goes, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it- that's how it works. So to say that 
somehow forcing cable companies to stop being jackoffs will hurt uh, com- competition is just fucking. But but Aroa ridiculous. But but Aroa, it's the invisible hand of the market. Yeah, fuck and, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, uh, we were talking about this earlier. Um, and you can agree or disagree, but if you disagree, you're wrong. Socialism has been proven to be better than capitalism because yeah. if you if you look at, like this situation, um, Ben Broadband, and I've I've mentioned this before. I like Ben Broadband mostly. Like when I had their internet, they ran pretty well. I have now moved to Prineville, Oregon. Prineville has worse internet. Thankfully, the internet's been pretty decent since I've been here. But Prineville's internet is about the third of the speed for downloads. Still 100 by 10, so it's pretty good. So no real complaining there. (laughs) But in, in Redmond, I had 300 by 10. And for some reason... I called them up and uh, and Ben Broadman was like, "Hey, so I know you guys are laying fiber down in Prineville. I was wondering if you were going to at bring internet in to Prineville at any point and kind of drive off, you know, or or make Crestview become more competitive." And they're like, "Oh no, Crestview's already there, so we're not going to move in there." They were just laying fiber down if you're a business owner. And so that that happens all the time. So you go to like you go to a city and they'll have one, they'll have like certain areas de- designated, like Time Warner works in this area, Comcast is in this area, AT&T is in this area, and they don't invade each other's areas because that would create competition, and then they would have to lower costs. So the idea that um, being a libertarian uh, is actually a good thing, they obviously don't pay attention to the facts. Because the facts of the matter is that corporations are going to try to screw you up over as well, much as possible. Nathan, don't forget that sometimes you have to follow facts, but sometimes you also have to consider the alternative facts. Oh, right. What what alternative facts are you thinking about? Well, you know, so you have to you have to think that alternatively. Uh, the big companies always have our best interests in mind and they care about their customers. Obviously they're going to do whatever is best for the customers that they value and love very much. Okay. So let me be clear. I used to work at consumer cellular and I can tell you firsthand that they don't give a shit about their customers. They don't give a shit about their employees. They just give a shit about how much money they're going to make. At the end of the day. That, that is not how companies work. <laughs> you know that. It, it is. It is. How, you know this. Shut up. So. <laughs> it's not like there's a there's a designation between for-profit and non-profit companies for a specific reason or anything. Well, and, and it was funny. Uh, we're we're going to leave this behind, but I was on Twitter and, and Bernie Sanders had posted something. And, and then um, Barnacles. Do you know who that is? No. Um, he, he's pretty okay. He used to actually work at Microsoft. He does YouTube videos. He commented on what Bernie Sanders had said. And I was like, come on, guys, but Obamacare is so bad. It raised prices. Oh, wait, no, that was the pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies who raised the prices, not Obamacare. Um, and people were commenting and commenting and commenting. 
And one person's comment made me laugh out loud, literally, because he said, well, that's what happens when government subsidizes health care is that prices go up. <laughs> and I was like, do you not know how to read? Like, Canada, far lower health care costs. Norway, far lower health care costs. Sweden, far lower health care costs. These are places with universal health care that have fully subsidized health care plans for all of their citizens. And they have far lower costs. Capitalism is the problem. That's why these... That's why these pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies have your prices raised. It's because they're greedy and they want more money. And I can tell you 100% without a doubt that healthcare prices would have gone up whether Obamacare passed or not. So it, it doesn't make sense to me, the, the idea that um, capitalism is amazing. It's okay sometimes. Uh, when act when actual competition happens, like we were discussing earlier with AMD and Intel, bringing those prices down, that's great. We just need more of that. And the problem is with these backdoor deals that they're making. You know, you don't go here, I won't go there, and we keep we just keep screwing over our customer base. Uh, obviously, there needs to be a change, and taking away the net neutrality is not a way to get that change. There's, there's, there goes my rant for the day, and we're gonna move on to uh, something funny and and kind of lighthearted. The KKK. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just the KKK. Oh, uh, this thing. Okay. <laughs> so there's a localizer. Um, basically, localization is the process of taking a game from like Japan or or any other place, and changing the dialogue you know obviously translating it but also changing the dialogue so that the references made uh make sense to the area that it's going to some so some of the jokes might fall flat if say you have something in japan and you bring it over here some of the jokes might not resonate in this culture so they change some of that it happens a lot with puns right right so the kkk is not a really big thing in uh in Japan, it, it never really was a thing because obviously there's not a bunch of white supremacists in Japan. <laughs> um, maybe Asian supremacists, but anyway, somebody was working on a uh, game uh, from Xseed, and what was it? A, a Kika's Beat is being developed by a choir and published a by Akiba. 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 Yeah, you said okay. Anyway, Xseed. You said a Kika. Did I say? I thought I said a Kiba. No. Anyway, whatever. Doesn't matter. Technically, uh, it's probably supposed to be Akiba, but I'm not yeah. going to go that hard. Yeah. So Tom Lipschultz is not going to be credited in the game. And uh, th basically, there was a sign in there that originally read as KKK Witches, which apparently is a play on the Japanese light switch manufacturer NKK Switches. So what it was, was it was just trying to, like, if we named something like Bombcast or something like that in, in the United States. And so they were just 
they were just making a joke about something that happened in Japan. And well, once the developer felt found out that KKK stand for Ku, Ku Klux Klan, uh, they were like, hmm, we're going to change that because we don't want to be racist. Mm. <laughs> and so it wasn't even it wasn't even that it was coming over here and like it was going to re- be released on the Nintendo switch or something and nintendo was like oh we can't have kkk references it was it was they were censoring themselves they were like no no we're, we're going to change that because we don't want to be you know what we don't want to be insensitive well one of the localizers tom lipschultz got really upset and decided to take his name out of the game uh as a localizer because he didn't agree with the fact that they took that joke out because he th- he thought it was funnier as KKK witches. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. No, like no, it would have made it would have made more sense to make it like a power company or or like or like a GE parody or something like that. Oh, yeah, like the NKK switches. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, I I don't really care. Or or what well, did they? No, no, just, that's not what they changed it to. I'm sorry. Um, they were making fun of NKK switches. What did they change yeah. it to? What did they What did they change it to? In they changed it English. to something else. Um, KKK but anyway, which is was pretty funny for its shock value. Yeah, that's why he he wanted to ACQ. Ch- oh, ACQ. Okay. Which I guess that could mean for like acquire one of the the publisher. Acquire witches. I don't. I don't think it means anything at all. Probably not. They and and I agree. They should have made it like a power company, but whatever doesn't doesn't matter to me. But since so <laughs> good, good. Love this best podcast. <laughs> so anyway, since they decided to change this, Tom Lipschultz was like, no. I shall stand by my racist joke. <laughs> and I mean, and so he I took his think, name. I do think it's funny, but it just doesn't make any sense. I, I think it's kind of funny, too. But on the other hand, it's not something to gripe about. Who gives a shit, really? Yeah, no, this, is, this isn't like removing entire gameplay aspects like with uh, the Fire Emblem thing. Yeah, and so... Uh, Exceed has a policy where if somebody wants their name removed from the credits and they are basically embarrassed to be part of the game that any future game that is released by Xseed, even if it's localized by that person will not feature his name in there well okay yeah i mean it's like you're like yep well you didn't want to be associated with this game so you're not going to be associated with any game we release in the future you can go fuck yourself and so I thought it was. I thought this this was pretty funny, um, just because KKK witches and the idea that oh no, I I can't believe that they would take away this joke that had to do with murdering black people. <laughs> yeah, and not just black people. Let's be fair. The KKK hated a lot of people, not just black people. And, um, however, I. I do I do also have to mention that this guy complained that 
whenever they moved uh, Senran Kagura from Japanese to English, speak loud. They changed the, they changed the characters from being fifteen years old to being eighteen years old. And, yeah, and, and the character that was a bad thing. And the character models was so. Uh, Japan's weird. It's it's just big titty anime game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, why is it a problem that they took them from being you know barely out of middle school to being you know adults? Why so, why is this guy so fucking weird? So we've we've been over uh, Japanese age of consent laws, haven't we? Yeah. Um, very briefly. Uh, 13 to 17, 13 to 17 year olds can do whatever they want with each other. Okay. If you're over the age of, of 17, obviously you can't have sex with a a 13 year old, but you can have oral sex, pretty much anything but actual sex with somebody from the age of 13 to 17. So... In Japan, it's kind of legal. In the United States, most places, it's not legal. And so they were just trying to change the ages, which, to be fair, they were just changing the ages. They didn't change anything else in the game. Nope. They just said, oh, uh, it's it's like that, that joke on uh, Family Guy where Quagmire's talking to someone. He's like, hey, how old are you? And she's like, 16? He's like, 18, yeah. Like, that's basically what they did. (laughs) And so, and this guy's like throwing a hissy fit over it. He is a weird localizer, is what I'm saying. He is a weird guy. Um, Also, I don't know what Akiba's beat is, or Akiba's beat is. Do you know what it is? It is, I believe, the follow-up to uh, Akiba's trip. Um, which was a brawler in which you uh, beat up vampires to rip their clothes off so that they would explode. Oh. And this one, from my understanding, is more of an action RPG as opposed to a brawler. Yeah. Um, Which may make it better. I don't know. But the first one, the combat was really mediocre and kind of made me not want to play it, so I didn't. Yeah. I mean, like, I played it for about an hour or so and, like, could not really deal with how bad the combat was and then gave up on it. Yeah. That makes sense. So let's move on to the next story. Um, We have one more kind of serious story and then we'll end with another funny story. Funny and bad. Let's let's just say it's bad. The dude's a douchebag. So... Uh, brief story, we covered it a couple weeks ago, Atlas had really, really strict steaming requirements, or steaming, streaming requirements for Persona 5, if you're caught streaming at certain points in the game, or if you're caught streaming past 7-7 in-game, you would be, you could be potentially uh, copyright striked, basically, and your channel could get taken down from YouTube or Twitch. So, unfortunately, They've changed it a little bit. They've made it so that you can play up to now the in-game date of 
1119, and apparently that's when the main story goes into its final act. This is a lot better than what they had before, where basically there were just times where they'd be like, no, you can't stream here, because it's a story mission, and we don't want you to spoil things for people. So, what's your... It is really nice that, like, I I guess uh, the Japanese side finally understood that, oh, wait, we're fucking stupid. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. Still, I think you should just be able to stream the whole thing. If people want to, if if people want to come in and watch it, that's their own thing. Um, if, if they don't want to come in and watch it, then whatever. I, yes, it's nice. It's nice that Atlas actually listened to the outrage and was like, okay, okay, we're going to back off on this. Yep. And we're gonna make it a lot better, a lot, a lot nicer. And and waiting until the end of the year, uh, so basically November nineteenth, end game. Uh, that that helps it out a lot. So, have you still yeah. been playing Persona Three? Every once in a while, I try to. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not like. The problem is, I'm stuck right now with the whole like fusion system. Oh. I'm trying to like make really good fusions and everything just seems like not quite good enough. And it's just a matter of me not being able to make a decision. Oh, uh, so there's also accidents, at least in persona four. I don't know. Persona three. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three, three has accidents. Yeah. Which I've had accidents before, which are pretty nice. Yeah. They, 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 they they can be pretty crazy. Yeah. I wish there were, I wish I knew how to make accidents just happen. I think it's just a random percent yeah, chance. Yeah. So our last story is, I, I, did you read any about this or, or do you just hop in and haven't read it? I have not. So I'm seen. okay. I've had, I've okay. So I've had some, uh, I have a, I'm a, I'm on a dating site. Actually, I'm on a couple dating sites. Dating is online. Dating is awful. I was supposed to have a date on Friday. Um, and last last week she messaged me and said, "Hey, um I'm sorry, I have to cancel on Friday." And I was like, "Okay, you know, we can reschedule." And then I read the rest of her message was was uh I hope you really uh, are I hope you do well on here. Online dating can be really rough." And I'm like, "Wait a minute. That sounds like she doesn't want to reschedule." The <laughs> fuck. So online dating sucks. Uh, I imagine she got a boyfriend or something, whatever. But anyway, I have not ever had an experience this bad. Um, girl, I just love the correction that they have at the top. What's that? Oh. The original article said that the woman would have sex for $25 worth of McNuggets. But what she meant, or what she actually said was uh, she would do it for $25 and some McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's different. Isn't, isn't that something different? That's a different story. That's what it's saying. <laughs> okay, okay. At the time of writing, we're unsure what happened to her save file or if she's... Or if she's related to the Florida woman who agreed to sex for $25. Oh, okay. And- yeah, that okay. was a different... Yeah, it was- reason, I thought the article ended with no. that of the year because of that cut where it says, you're logged out. And- oh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. the article goes on. All right. So, so anyway, yeah, she... 
It not she's not she did not have sex with McDonald's. <laughs> this was not that lady. Yeah, so she went on a date with a guy, and they ended up going back to her house, and they got busy. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's my ideal end to a date. So she does that. He then later he leaves the house, comes back, and steals all of her video games. Um. And 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 here's the best part. The reason why you said dad of the year is that he went in to steal the video games while his son was in the car. His three-year-old son. Yeah. Um why his name is Duder. <laughs> his name says- is Duder. <laughs> so it says uh- the victim the victim says she had sex with Duder. Around 1 a.m. Wait, are you sure it's not? Because they, they make fun of him. Oh, okay. Ma- maybe. Yeah, I'm sure. So she, the, the victim said she had sex with him. And then around 1 a, uh, then around 1 a.m. Monday, he returned to the home on Silver Lane in Akala, armed with a gun and wearing a bandana over his face. An hour later, the repress, the, so they had sex at 1 a.m. He then left. So hit it and quit it, I guess. Um, he then left, came back an hour later with a bandana over his face. Oh, his name's Kareem? Kareem, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, forced the woman inside at gunpoint, um, and took her Wii and PlayStation from the front room. Wait, forced the woman into the house? Forced- Why did she open the door? He was wearing a bandana. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's like, oh, maybe he's coming back for seconds. Um, With a bandana on. I, maybe. I don't know. Maybe and his car running out front. <laughs> and his child in the car. <laughs> I, where was his child when they had sex? <laughs> in the other room. Oh, okay, good. Well, at in least the they car had outside. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he then forced her to unplug a white Xbox from the living room. So, oh man. Okay, so he comes. He comes there. He has a bandana on. She opens the door. He bra- he comes in. Has a gun. He forces her back into the house. Grabs her Wii and PlayStation, and then he's like, "Here, give me your Xbox as well." <laughs> like, so apparently he fled the regi- the residence with ten games and the three systems. But was soon caught by police because, duh. Um, a deputy rushing to the scene spotted a car with broken light and somehow knew it was the guy. <laughs> uh, at the time of writing, it is unsure what happened to her save file or if she's lost any rare drops. Um, there's an important lesson here, kids. Don't date guys from Florida. <laughs> um yeah, they, they met on Plenty of Fish. I've been on Plenty of Fish. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> be careful of who you meet on dating sites, because apparently douchebags will come back and steal your shit. I would be pissed if, like, I slept with a girl and then she tried to steal my shit. Yeah. I mean... I mean, to be fair, when I go to your house, I'm going to steal your PlayStation VR. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's but that's a given. 
Yeah, I mean, at least you warned me first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, look at this guy. There's a picture of this guy. If you click the link down below, look at this guy. Yeah. He looks... uh Rough. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like his eyelids... He looks he, like the kind of guy who would uh, who would rob your house at gunpoint. Yeah, like he. This that. I want you to. I want you to know that this is not us being racist. <laughs> so, because like I'm not judging him on a skin color, but he just looks like. Yeah, that guy's a douchebag. I mean, if he was a white guy with dreads, I would judge him even more harshly. That's true. Yeah. Um. It's it's mainly the eyes for me. Like if it yeah. looks like those eyes of like. I've done a lot of drugs. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, he's doing the whole uh, I'm defiant and and like cool. Look. Trying to be smug in my mugshot photo. Yeah. To be fair, right. so so and, and to make me sound less racist, hopefully, uh, my brother has that look, and he is a yeah. he is a total douchebag. So, <laughs> and he's white. So, anyway, um. Have you ever done online? You haven't had to do online dating, have you? Uh, that was. No, you have. I I remember stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, I I totally did that. Did Did you steal her shit too, or? Uh, no. No. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Do Do yeah. you have any bad dating experiences from online dating? Um, nothing really remarkable. the The only The only real thing was whenever I uh. I met a girl once, and she definitely, it, it was the, the classic, like, she does not look like her pictures kind of thing. Oh, like the, well, they used to call them MySpace angles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now they, and, no, back in our day. Um, it, now they're, what, just like selfie angles or whatever? Yeah, but yeah, I I met up with her, and then, like, as soon as I saw her, like, I, I genuinely considered go just leaving as soon as i knew who it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> just going yeah never mind but uh, i stuck it out and then uh, never talked to her again so yeah i've had uh i mean there was that that one experience uh where the girl canceled the date um what to you which just had a lot of like really depressing dating <laughs> experiences <laughs> i do that's 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 online dating really depressing so uh, i had that girl that canceled on me and she's like it's really rough um here, online dating's really rough i'm like yeah it's especially rough when the girl that you have a date planned with decides to cancel for no defined reason <laughs> um and then I, I had one that was just super awkward. Actually, funny thing, her roommate worked at Ben's studio <laughs> for Sony, so I might meet him. Um, so uh, I had that like a super awkward date where like we got along, but it was just like we couldn't think of anything to talk about. It's like having a podcast conversation with Connor. Um, <laughs> and then. I don't think there's anything like any other really bad dates I've had. Uh, just there's those two like kind of awkward, like that awkward one and that that girl. Well, I guess there was the time I made the girl cry. Though that was, I'm not gonna go into that full story. Um, have I told you that story? 
Yes. Okay. So there's that time I made the girl cry. That was that was probably the worst one. <laughs> Cause uh I typically don't aim to make my dates cry. So anyway. That's so, usually a good target. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my goal is to not make the next girl I go on a date with cry. Um actually my next goal is just to get a date. I don't really care if they cry. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the end of our podcast. Me being a dick. Where can we find you, Aroa? Uh, got the Twitch and the YouTube, the Aroa1337. Speak louder. Speak got louder. Twitter. I, I'm sorry. It, it's a really awkward recording setup. Okay. <laughs> you know where to find me. Please. All right. So you find Aroa on Twitter at Aroa, I believe. It's just Aroa on there. Um, yeah. On YouTube. Aroa1337, Twitch Aroa1337. Uh, Beam is Aroa? I can't remember. Just, it's one of the two. It's, it's Aroa somewhere. So, yeah, go find him other in those places. I'm Reeton everywhere. You can find me, Reeton, on Twitch, YouTube, um, Beam, and where else do I stream to? YouTube. Yep, those are all, all it. Uh, you can... You can comment down below on reetonentertainment.com. Tell me if you want to hear more of Reeton's bad dating stories. Um, that'd be fun. You can also find me on, if, if you go to Twitter, you can talk to me then and congratulate me for getting a new job at Sony. And, uh, yeah, yeah, what else? Am I missing anything? Do I, do, oh, yeah, iTunes and, and Google Play. Go to iTunes, and Google, go to Google, Google Play. And uh, press the subscribe button, and you at uh, Reeton Entertainment or Reeton Podcast, sorry, and you will be able to listen to the podcast whenever it's released on a normally weekly schedule. Uh, just two more podcasts, and we're on our two-year anniversary podcast. Though I think we messed a couple weeks, so this would actually be our two. But whatever, two more podcasts, and uh, not in the next podcast. The podcast after, we're gonna be on our two-year podcast. And we're gonna have a big, big celebration. Uh, yeah, thanks we'll for being about uh, MacBooks. Yeah, MacBooks. Sure. Uh, thanks for being here, Rara Rara Rara. Ra, ra, ra. No, no problem. <laughs> kind of being here, and yeah. and thank you, Reeton, for being here. You're welcome. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.